0: The Bible has a funny tendency to skip over rather dramatic events in few words, such that you can almost not appreciate their gravity. Last week, we heard Mark's very scant account of the temptation in the desert, and it was 40 days long. But how did he write it? He said he remained there for 40 days and was tempted by Satan. That's it. And today, in our first reading, we have What's really one of the most dramatic moments in the Old Testament. But again, we can miss some of the drama that's going on if we don't actually allow ourselves to enter in between the words and really think about what's going on. Because God comes to Abraham, speaks to him and says, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. We can look at that and think, oh yeah, Abraham was just so full of faith that he said, okay, God asked me to do the thing, I'll just go do the thing, and that's it. But In between the command and the doing of the act, there was at least three days that passed that Abraham had to sit with this, Um, and we even in our version today, we had some verses cut out, so we didn't miss it completely, but they go on a journey, so as soon as Abraham has made this command, he decides to go, so he takes his son, and they have to walk for three days to get there, so you can just imagine him torn within his heart that the Lord's asking him to sacrifice his son, but also walking beside his son, going, oh, yeah, there's some nice mountains and hope the weather's really nice today. Um, What else do you talk about when you're on such a journey? (laughs) Um, He obviously didn't tell his son what they were going to do or too specifically, but at a certain point on the last day, they ascend the mountain, they leave the servants behind and they take the wood and Isaac's, kind of, he's... cottoned on now that it's pretty clear they're going to make a sacrifice. So he says to his dad, and just think of Abraham's heart, the father's heart as he hears his son say this, there's the wood and the fire, dad, but where's the lamb for the sacrifice? I can't imagine the pain that Abraham would have been wrestling with then at what God was calling him to do. But we can easily skip over it. Now, Father Dan introduced Abraham to us last week as a father of faith, as an example for us in the living out of our faith. And he was introducing this theme that we want to tap into all throughout Lent of living faith. This is, um, I just want to recap how Father Dan laid it out for us. It's um, thinking of this promise that we have in the Lord, this new life that he offers us. God's promised us that there's There's this experience of communion with God, of communion with others, of of life and freedom and joy, which we can find within ourselves when we're flooded with the grace of God, which we'll enjoy forever with him in heaven. And Abraham is an example of how we get that, because the key to tapping into that is faith. So we're going to be looking at the different ways that we can exercise our faith, the different ways that our faith needs to be made active so that we can tap into this new life. The first invitation last week was about um, holding on to the promise, the promise of the new life, the vision of new life that God has given us, keeping that before our eyes. But this week, I want to shift our attention to the path that God takes us on to get there, because we have a journey to get to that new life, to to open up to it and to share in it more fully. And it's a bit tricky because the path that God wants to guide us on to get there is the path of the cross. That's the path that we're all called to walk along, that God wants to guide each one of us on as Christians, the path of the cross. Jesus says that those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for his sake will find it. There's this mysterious thing that for Jesus' invitation for us to take up this life, he wants us to sacrifice that which is most important to us. He wants us to let go of whatever we're clinging to most tightly. We see this in this account with Abraham. And God knows how important his son was to him, not just as any son is to his father, but even in God's promise to him, because Abraham had been walking with God. He'd been trusting in the promise of God. God had said, I'm going to make you a great nation. You'll have so many descendants, but he didn't have a child. He was a hundred, and then only then God's promise comes to fruition, and he finally has a son. So this is the son of the promise, the son who's going to make God's promises come true. God's work in his life is coming about through this boy, and yet... God asks him to sacrifice him. God asks him to let go of the very thing that God has blessed him with, the greatest blessing in his life. And we can think of, in Lent, God asking us to give up stuff. Sure, yeah, we should give up stuff that, okay, we'll give up kind of worldly things so that we have more space for God. But ultimately, God asks us to give up even the good things, even the things that he's given us as blessings. We see this um, very dramatically with the apostles, the disciples as well, because they'd met Jesus, they'd encountered him, and they'd discovered that he was the most important thing in their lives. This, is, this man is the Messiah. This man is the answer of a thousand years of Jewish longing, but he's also the answer to every desire of their hearts, and they've given up everything to follow him, and they're clinging to him, and they're clinging to his every word, and they're following everywhere that he walks... But then he goes and dies, and they have to surrender their hold on Jesus. It doesn't make sense. It's a crazy paradox. But this is the path that we're called to walk if we're following Jesus. This is where our faith leads us if we really want to take up this new life that God is offering. And it's paradoxical, it's contradictory, it's crazy, but this is how God wants to guide us. What does our faith need to look like, though, if we're actually going to be willing to go there? We see in Abraham an example of profound faith that no matter how heart-wrenching, no matter how crazy this request from God is, that he walks up that mountain and he picks up the knife he was willing to make that sacrifice because that was what God was asking from him. What does our faith need to look like if we're going to be able to make that sacrifice that God asks of us? If we want to look in our Catholic tradition at a saint who teaches us to follow God's guidance, to listen to him and go where he leads, then St. Ignatius of Loyola is the go-to. He's the expert on discerning God's will and following it. And he says that if we're going to try and figure out God's will and follow it, then there's an attitude we need to have first. He calls it the first principle and foundation, the attitude that needs to be there even before we think about going this way or that way. He says we need to have this attitude in our hearts. And I can summarize it like this. So the purpose of our life is this new life that God is offering, to enter into communion with him, to enter into God's glory, to give Him glory through everything that we are. This is the purpose for which we've been created, yeah? So, Ignatius says that we should desire that so much that everything else in life only matters and we should only hold on to it if it's going to lead us to this new life. And if it's not going to lead us to this new life, then we should be willing to let it go. Whether we let go or hold on to anything else depends on whether it's leading us into this new life, whether it's going to be for us God's will and lead us on that path. St. Benedict, our own St. Benedict, says it in um, even fewer words. He says, prefer nothing whatever to Christ. That's a slogan we've had um, posted up around the parish before. We need to have that single-hearted desire that whatever's going to lead me into Christ's promises, I accept and everything else I'm willing to let go of. But, Father Cam, you said that like even the disciples had to let go of Jesus. It's this crazy, contradictory paradox. It's the cross. It's how on earth does letting our life go allow us to take up the new life God wants to give us? But this is the path of the cross, that even Jesus, in order to live his fullest life and in order to give us the fullness of life, he had to lose his own. The very hard truth of our faith. This is why it's good that we don't skim over how difficult it was for Abraham to hear that invitation from God and to walk up that mountain. And even though it's a very hard truth and it's a hard question to ask, I do want to ask you, and I want to ask myself, what is God inviting you to sacrifice? What is he asking you to surrender to him? And are you willing to surrender it? Do you find that hard? I certainly do. I found that hard asking that question at each of the masses this weekend. Um, Let alone facing it within my own heart. It's a difficult question. But I want to finish by offering you one other example in the faith. We've seen Abraham... And we've seen the amazing faith that he had to actually go through with it, to do what God was asking. But I want to offer you another example that I hope is encouraging too. I want to have a look at Peter. We hear today in our gospel how Jesus gives this profound experience to his top three disciples, only to Peter and James and John. He invites them up the mountain to this moment when he is transfigured, when the glory of of his divinity shines through and, you know, his face was blinding light, his clothes shone white, his identity as the Son of the Most High was shown. And the church usually speaks of this moment as kind of a gift for these disciples because they were going to go to the cross, because Jesus is starting to turn his journey towards Jerusalem, towards Calvary, where he's going to have to die. And so this was a moment of encouragement that these disciples are able to see this vision so that they can be strengthened by it to be able to walk that path, to be able to hold their faith while they lose Jesus on the cross. That perhaps if if they've really actually seen with their eyes this amazing experience of God's majesty of who Jesus is, then they'll be able to face the cross and stick with him. Yeah? But what did Peter do? He still fell. He still failed. He still didn't have the strength of faith within him to follow Jesus on that night. When everything seemed to be falling apart and the choice was put before Peter to stand with Jesus or to defend himself. He was too scared to do it. And he said, I don't know the man. And this is the man who Jesus gave us to lead the church from the start, a man who failed. And it's beautiful that in the, in the Gospels we see so much of Peter's failure, his stubbornness, his presumption, his weakness, his fear. But this is the man that Jesus gives us to lead the church And this is an example of what faith really looks like for us because when we try and stand up to this invitation from the Lord to sacrifice everything, it's hard. And we don't have the strength to bear with it. We don't always have the courage to take that step. But why Peter was still given to us to be the leader of the church was that whenever he did fail, he turned back to the Lord. Whenever he faced his emptiness, his weakness... His stubbornness, he surrendered that to the Lord too. And this is what our life of faith looks like as we follow God's call, as we follow his guidance, that, yes, we're going to fail. If we earnestly set out to follow where Jesus calls us, we're going to come to the end of our own strength. He's going to call us at a point where we feel we can't walk that path anymore. But the beautiful thing is, that when we meet our own weakness and our resolve is not strong enough and we just seem too proud or too vain or too weak or too fearful to tread that path, we discover that the only thing we actually really have to surrender is our weakness. But that's the example that Peter gives us. That to truly trust in the Lord, to truly put our faith in the Lord, isn't about surrendering our strengths and our wonderful talents to him. But in the end, it's just about surrendering even our weakness and our emptiness. And this is the surrender that allows us to put our faith in Jesus and to follow how he guides us on that path to the cross. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful and consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.